Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Sapporo. We have an exciting show this week. If you're listening, please five-star rate, review, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you are listening. This week, we're going to talk about what's in the news. There's actually a lot of exciting things in the news. We're going to discuss, dive into it. We have the bull or bear case, our bull or bear case segment on Walmart, Wally World, Next, we'll jump into our finance roundtable, which is really going to be personal finance oriented, but as well as just me talking and appreciating some of the women clients that I am able to work with. Um, So that'll be a lot of fun. And then finally, we have an interview with Amanda Rockwell, an interview with Amanda Rockwell. That's going to be another interesting and fun interview. Thank you guys for listening and hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, what is in the news this week? Exciting stuff. Well, first, a bit, a bit of not so exciting news, but there's a lot of interesting stuff. Let's start it off. Pinterest. So Pinterest is a social media platform um, where people are able to pin stuff and make walls and do these different things. Uh, it's primarily used by women. I don't know the, the um, statistics on it, but I would venture to guess like 90% used by women. Um, but they added a third woman to their board following claims of gender discrimination by a former executive. So last week, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Francois Bruger, Pinterest's former chief operating officer, filed a lawsuit against the company for gender discrimination and accused the company of having a hostile work environment that silenced female executives. Uh, and so to do a more of a show of, it could be more of a show or it could be actually not performative and have merit, obviously, but Pinterest appointed Andrea Wisham, who's a president at Skywalker Holdings and former executive president at Harpo Productions, to be the third woman on its board of directors. So yeah, this is really obviously interesting news. We're you know in a situation where Pinterest, the company, has shown or they're accused of having a, a hostile work environment for female executives, and they went and tried to counteract this negative PR with appointing someone to their board, obviously a woman to their board. Uh, yeah, this is something where, you know, my thoughts on it is we want to obviously not have that, in a, especially in a company, a social media company, that their primary users are women. Like if you know the platform Pinterest, I think like the primary users are women. So you want to obviously treat the people that you're marketing to within your, obviously outside of your company, well within your company as well. So that's something we'll be watching for with Pinterest, uh, ticker symbol P-I-N-S, pins. Let's move on. So there is a battle going on between Epic Games. So Epic Games created this popular game called Fortnite. Uh, I think my brother actually plays this game, Fortnite. Uh, but a lot of people play the game Fortnite. They have other games on their, um, their roster, but that's their most popular one. So Epic Games is a popular software gaming company and they started a battle with Apple and Google, you know, but they've sued Apple pretty much. You know, if you're on Apple's app system, you have to pay them a 30% cut for any in-app purchases. If you're, if you're on their app store. So Epic Games started its own payment system to bypass the Apple app tax. So the privately owned video game company, which is rumored or reportedly worth over 17 billion, defied 
Apple's rules by doing their own in-app payment system to get away from paying that 30% cut to Apple. Google also takes a 30% cut for in-app purchases and download subscriptions. Um, and Fortnite and Apple, Epic and Fortnite, they don't want that. They don't want that option. They don't want to have to pay a cut to be on the Apple and Google platform. They think it's unfair. Um, and so they're actually suing Apple. Um, and Apple actually took a counter act as well. And they took Fortnite off their app stores for violating the rules by bypassing their 30% fee. And this this was, was what prompted Epic, Epic Games to file the lawsuit against both Apple and Google. Uh, so that's really, really heating up. And my take on it is, yeah, I mean, if you're Apple and Google, it makes all the sense of the world if you have apps and other companies, games on your platform to take a cut. So, I mean, I, I don't think Epic is going to win here. You can't, you know, if you have the biggest platform in the world, presumably every, like, how many people have an iPhone? Like, how many people have an iPad? If you have the biggest platform in the world, makes all the sense to take a cut to have people on your platform. So I don't see an angle where Epic Games has really much of a shot of winning this. Um, it's just, it's just not, if you want to be on their platform, you're going to have to pay the toll. Uh, and that's just the way I see it. So we'll be watching for that. Uh, very, very interesting news. Epic, Apple, Google, the battle continues. Another battle. In more news, Uber and Lyft are likely going to shut down in California later tonight. So a judge ordered them to treat drivers as employees instead of gig contractors starting August 20th, which is when this will come out. So in California, judges ordering Uber and Lyft to treat their drivers as employees, which will have different connotations if you treat them as employees. It'll cost the company more to have them as employees instead of gig contractors starting August 20th in California. And the ride hailers would have to provide benefits like overtime, making employees and, and rides more expensive. It would really cut into their margins. They already have no more <laughs> small margins, compressed margins. And if they have to treat uh, drivers like employees, it would really compress the margins even further. They say it would, it would threaten their ability to be profitable uh, during a time when rides have plunged. So now they're urging California riders to vote on Proposition 22 in November, which guarantees drivers some benefits like health care while keeping their status as independent contractors. But if they don't have a, a stay of this ruling, they're going to shut down in California later tonight. Uber already put on their blog that they're likely shutting down tonight in California. Lyft will probably do the same thing. This is unprecedented. Imagine not being able to catch an Uber and a, or a Lyft wherever you're at. Like that's one of our main methods of, of transportation in New York. I actually don't use it as much. I walk, take the train. Uh, I get around pretty easily here. But if I, you know, had to, like if I'm in another city, like you're in California or LA where everything's spread out, you primarily use Uber and Lyft and it's actually pretty cheap out there. And so for you to not be able to come in tonight is kind of crazy. Um, and that will be something we have to keep our eyes on. Uh, I think other competitors have stepped in and said they're ready to fill the gap, but you know that's going to be to be seen. But Uber and Lyft looking to shut down in California. Crazy news. And more fun sports-related news. So Yale, I've been watching the NBA. Watching the NBA playoffs, and it's been really, really fun. Really great games. I'm rooting for LeBron and the Lakers. We took we're down 0-1 uh, to our Portland Trailblazers, which is uh, not great, but we need to pick it up. We need to pick it up. If they need me, let me know. 
I'm rusty, but I'll see what I can do. I'll stretch a little bit and see what I can do. <laughs> so NBA has done a great job in the bubble, and I've commended Adam Silver, the NBA, the commissioner, Adam Silver is the commissioner, the league, what they've done to continue you know, providing a safe environment in the bubble and to allow these sports to go on. It's great playoffs games. And what they did, um, NBA to, you know, they've done just a great job. They've really handled the testing correct. They partnered with the right people to do that. Um, they're, they're testing the players incredibly a lot. Uh, they partnered with a, a, an agency that's helping them get these things done. And they're just doing a great job. And so I think it's what to be commended. Uh, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal talking about the way they've gotten, gotten about it. So um, they do the nose swaps. They do the, the players' tests. They keep the trace. And I'm watching HBO Hard Knocks. The NFL seems to be doing a good job, too. They're taking things seriously. Uh, they're having players traced, tracked, tested, quarantined if needed. And so you have the sports league stepping up. So that's really, really great. College football is in flux. You see the Big, big Ten said that they're not going to have sports this fall. Huge, major conference. Major conference saying they're not. Looks like the SEC and some other conferences are pushing forward. I've never, this is unprecedented. I've never seen something like this. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes on that uh, to to see what happens. Next in news. So late yesterday, which was Wednesday, the Fed um, report they dropped the report, uh, which you know pretty much was bearish, a bearish tone about the U.S. economy going forward. So Fed pretty much saying, "Hey, things are still going to be rough," and the markets in turn turned red off this um, Fed report. Um, so you know, pretty much, you know, they're saying, "Hey, the economy is still going to have rough patches going forward." Uh, they released their minutes late Wednesday. Uh, and the markets reacted in kind by um, turning negative. And really, the Fed's saying, hey, they're, they're keeping rates low. The short-term interest rate for the Feds, people are asking, like, why is the rates low so low now? People, a lot of my clients ask me, or people just ask me, why are rates so low? When will it go back up? To be seen, but the Fed is keeping the short-term interest rates low. So they will be near zero for a while. So rates will be near zero until they feel that we have cleared the depths of this recession. And there is need for the in the Fed minutes. They did say there's a need. So the Federal Reserve, if people don't know who the Fed is, the Federal Reserve Bank, who sets a lot of our fiscal policy in the country. And the minutes underscored the need for a fiscal package. So the Fed minutes they released underscored the need for a fiscal package. They said that we need a second round. People need a second round. Uh, and so that's, you know, hopefully get to be seen. And yeah, I think that's a really important news. You want to know what the Fed, people that are watching our economy very closely, thinks about what's happening. In other news, Apple. Apple's the first $2 trillion market cap company. They briefly passed $2 trillion market cap during the trading session yesterday on Wednesday. I think when the market closed, they were below. But still, amazing feat. People keep asking, oh, when is this? When is this? You know, all these tech companies, we're moving towards tech. If you keep asking, like, when is Apple going to, the stock going to fall? Like, you obviously aren't paying attention. Like, the stock market prices move based on future expected earnings. So if you, like, what is it telling you that there's going to be less future expected earnings for Apple now? Just because the, the market cap reached $2 trillion? I don't know. I, that's something that I wouldn't bet on. I bet on, you know, tech growth, innovation, and Apple's one of these companies that are doing that. So I'm still very, very bullish on the company. 
Yeah, and I tweeted about it um, back in May, I believe, that Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft were in the race for $2 trillion, and it looks like Apple hit that first. So that's pretty cool. That's a really amazing feat uh, for one, a really amazing company. And yeah, I really hope you guys enjoyed the news update. Next up, we have a bull or bear case on Walmart. Hey, bull or bear case, bull or bear case listeners, Team New Street. We are doing the bull or bear case on Walmart, Wally World. So Walmart released earnings um, not too long ago. I think this was yesterday, um, if you're listening on Thursday. Uh, and they posted great earnings. Uh, it was you know another good quarter. Their first quarter was a blowout quarter. And it looks like this second quarter was another blowout quarter with, you know, strong growth across, you know, all their their streams, specifically e-commerce, which, again, you know, I'd said the framework for times like this when it comes to retail is um, an essential business, an essential business with a strong e-commerce presence and showing strong e-commerce growth. Walmart second quarter, the results crushed and estimates as e-commerce sales jumped 97% from the same time last year. Again, you know, we're talking bull or bear case. I think the first point is e-commerce from Walmart is is showing a lot of strength. You know, if you look at a chart that shows how it's grown, um, it's pretty, pretty astounding uh, about the growth in e-commerce for Walmart. They've done a lot of things to, to beef it up. They, you know, I think they bought jets online, like not a lot of people, like a few years ago, they've um, really tried to go at, their competitor, which when it comes to the grocer side of things, which is Amazon, obviously, but they've done a lot of things to to combat that. So if you're looking at the bull case, one of the points is the strong e-commerce growth. They seem to take on the challenge to try to get better at their e-commerce platform, which is huge because you need that in this time of generation. Again, if you're 10, 15, 20 years from now, if your e-commerce is not the majority of your business, I think you're going to be in trouble. Um, and then again, the second point is an essential business. You know, barring what happens with the virus, we're going to need, if you're a retail, if you're a grocer, whatever, any of these big box places that are in commercial developments, you need to have an essential business, obviously, to operate. If your business isn't essential, you won't be able to open if there is some sort of, you know, lessen of foot traffic or another mandated um, quarantine, which I don't see happening nationwide at all, anyways. Um, so, Okay, you have to want to be a central business, which Walmart is a central business. People need to go there for things, and that's what's going to continue to do. It's hard to find a bear case point for Walmart, to be honest. I think the only thing you could say is they have stiff composition, um, and when it's coming to uh, their, you know, battle with, you know, in e-commerce in the grocer area. They're battling probably one of the best companies in the world with Amazon. So, you know, they need to try to battle and take market share from Amazon, which is going to be difficult. And so if you're thinking that there's only one winner in that space, then that's maybe the only bear case point. But other than that, I don't think there's only one winner in that space. I think you could have multiple people in that space with Amazon, Walmart, Target. So, yeah, that's that's the one point. But it's going to be interesting to watch. WMT is a ticker for Wally World. Walmart, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, and stay tuned for the next portion. We're going to do the finance roundtable. We're going to talk about, you know, kind of a women's appreciation day. So thank you. 
Hey, people gather around finance roundtable. Um, I didn't have much as far as a financial concept this week, but I just wanted to commend some people. So I have a lot of clients, obviously, across the nation, even across the world, people in the Middle East. It's, it's wonderful. I'm thankful. And I really want to commend some of my female women clients. A lot of things they do. I think a lot of these people are so humble in the fact that they you know, don't brag about their accomplishments, which is great. I think if that's what they want to do. Uh, but I felt it was necessary to, you know, call out these people that are doing wonderful things, especially some of them and just super young in their careers. The fact that they have so much room for more growth and more accomplishments uh, when you're talking about people that are, you know, in tech, uh, account managers and B2B sales, lawyers, doctors, nurses, dentists, founders, entrepreneurs, people that are buying houses, getting jobs. And, you know, it's super cool to see. And there's a shift, right? There's going to be a shift where, you know, if you talk about 40, 50, 60 years ago, that wasn't like as common where it's, you know, women able to control their life, have family, make, get the bag, secure the bag, make money, do all the things that they want to on their own. It just wasn't as common. And so, you know, hey, I'm not, I don't know. We all know things from our own perspective, right? As a single young black man, entrepreneur, that's like my perspective and I'm empathetic for other people and their different struggles, but I don't have some sort of crazy passion for anything other than my own. We, we People have to be more um, honest about that. I, I would say, you know, that's, that's the truth, but I do see such a great shift in what women are, are doing across the landscape, especially my clients. So I definitely want to talk about that. And it's important because, you know, if you, we, we talked about back then, if you're a woman back then, you may not even know know what was going on with the finances. Now, I love the fact that my clients, uh, my women clients, female clients are able to learn about their finances, you know, have me invest and learn about investing in what I'm doing, um, have me have they're just such a greater control and agency about their their life, which is so needed. You know, even if you have a partner, it's okay to understand what's going on with the finance of the money. It should be. It's, it should be a given shouldn't just be one side of the person understanding that and you understand something else. That's not the way it should be. So it's great to commend these people that are doing so much amazing things in their career. People that are getting, you know, large checks, bonus checks, doing so many amazing things. I just had to say it. Uh, Cause I think it was just important. The people that are pushing the envelope, they're doing so humbly. So I felt like it was my prerogative <laughs> to, to help them and honestly brag about these people because uh, I think my clientele is obviously the best. If you're part of Team New Street, I believe we are the best. Um, and, and so I had to say that. So nothing crazy financially, but just a, a tip of the hat, a tip of the cap to these people. And, and so next up, um, I'm back on CNBC this Friday. So, you know, tomorrow, if you're listening to it on 820 Thursday, I will be back on CNBC Summer School 625 or ish i come on the show starts at 6 eastern but 620 ish uh, eastern i come on so please if you're able to watch share with your network let people know it's gonna be great i love doing it uh so that'll be fun next up we have an interview with uh, a great person amanda rockwell one of the people that's doing great things as a female clientele. Um, so hopefully you guys can tune in for that. She has a lot of great things going on. So hope you guys enjoy the interview. Back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. Have a special guest joining 
Amanda Rockwell, who is an account manager at W2O Group, which I'm pronouncing correctly, I believe. Um, but yeah, uh, Amanda, thank you for joining. One of my favorite people. You know, I was talking to her <laughs> about this earlier. You know, I love all my clients. They're wonderful. They're amazing. But I, I think I have a little bit special place in my heart for the clients that spread the word of New Street and pass it on to other people. And Amanda does a great job of that. <laughs> Anyways, Amanda, thank you for, for joining me. Yeah, thanks for asking me to be on. And uh, word on the street is my friends love you as their financial advisor and investment well, advisor. <laughs> that's good, man. We want people to reach their goals, you know, get capital appreciation from the stocks we're investing in. So people are really having a great time. And I, I'm really happy to do that for them. And, 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 you know, going back to you. So we mentioned you being a um, account manager, doing some great things at your company. Obviously, you have a lot going on in life. We are in quarantine, which is, you know, not fun. We were just talking about it prior to you know, starting recording. What is, what's going on with you? What's going on with life? Where are you at right now? We want to hear it. Yeah, so I moved from Chicago um, back to New York where my parents live in April, and I was supposed to move to LA on June 1st, but like so many of us, the pandemic upended all of our plans. Yes. <laughs> so now I've been in New York for all of quarantine. Um, it's been pretty good because you know everything's open in the city almost everything um so i've been having fun but definitely gonna um, look to make moves to la sometime in the next four to five months yes and, and is la is the where your company's based or is it more that's a great place to be be a, a great city to be or what, what's the move for la for you yeah so it was more for like personal reasons um, I was born in LA and I lived there for a long time and I really love the weather. Yes. Chicago is just way too cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also even though I'm, I work in, I'm an account manager now, um, in public relations for healthcare clients really couldn't until now that I've met a few of my financial goals. Yes. So. <laughs> Yeah, we saving up, saving up, Delano. <laughs> yeah, you've been saving. Um, obviously, we've been you know, you do a good job investing. You have great thoughts on you know. Obviously, you know the pharmaceutical healthcare world really well, and, and different companies are doing things. Um, so you've always brought those to my attention, which we've you know done some research on, and we've you know done well. And you know, yeah, you've been doing diligent about the goals. I remember you were just like, hey, these are things you want to accomplish, and you've hit them, and now you're making that move to a great city, my second favorite city after New York, which is LA. So I'm happy for you in that respect. And then, yeah, you mentioned Thanks. it's the entertainment capital, which is a really big point. I know you, we're, we're going to get into it now. You have a, a I want to pronounce their names right. I want to get them right. You have a music group that you manage. I was looking at it, listening to them. Um, East Main and the OG Kids, correct? Is it two people? What's going on with that? I'd love to hear more about the group. <laughs> yeah, so East Main is kind of a lo-fi, hip-hop, chill vibes group based out of Chicago. Um, started by two of my friends, Daniel Velardo and Jeremy Vasquez. Um, and they're really passionate about music. Jeremy actually does all of the vocals, the rapping and the songwriting. And Daniel makes the beats. He's the producer. Nice. Um, he works with our sound en engineers nice. to, you know, get the finalize all the songs. And so, yeah, I've been working with them. Um, just this summer I started um, and they're kind of in a position where they're releasing a lot of music and they wanted a manager to help them with the business side of things, yeah. help them with social media 
yeah. uh, marketing and pitching to playlist editors. So basically you have to, you know, promote your music from so many different angles because the, the space is so crowded. Yeah. Um, so we've been building up their brand. We've got, we've uh, given them a new brand identity Yeah. and yeah. And we really enjoy the music. I think they're super talented. So really excited to see uh, where they go. And I really enjoy it. Obviously, um, it's kind of dipping my toes in entertainment on the side, mm. which is mm. a fun, fun way to stay engaged after work. Exactly. No, no, it is cool. And I'm, I know obviously you're, I do, you do a great job promoting them and their, you know, their group that has, you know, I listened to uh, the song I'm looking, I was listening to. What is the song that I was listening to that you sent me? Um, oh, OG the OG Kids. That is the name of the song. Okay. Sorry. And East Main is the group. I want to make sure I get that correctly. Right. Is that right? Yeah. East Main is the group where, um, East underscore main underscore music on Instagram. Got it. Um, and we're, we're actually on a pretty hype release schedule. We have, singles coming out um every two weeks nice. for a bit so yeah check them it. out yeah <laughs> i loved i love the song that i heard people and if you're you know thinking aspirationally you got you know someone that's a producer so that's like 40 and then you got drake the you got the you know the, the other gentleman that's the rapper and the songwriter so that's the drake so I, it's a good vibe i was listening to it and i told you i think that song the og kid song was actually a really cool song so more to see from yeah. them and hopefully you know obviously you as the manager you're going to do great for them and hopefully they um, keep doing great things. That's, ex that's exciting. So, you know, you obviously have yeah. that. You kind of do a lot of things, which I was actually checking out your LinkedIn again. And it's funny, I, I'm always on social media and I'm always checking it out. But LinkedIn's different. It's like different from like um, Instagram. It's different from Twitter because people are all more buttoned up. Like I've gotten over that. I post whatever I want on every platform. I post the same <laughs> thing. But um, you are actually interesting because like you're the one of the few people I see that consistently post a lot of like more so societal issues on your page or like them or comment on it. I guess, you know, from your standpoint, obviously with the recent stuff that went on, uh, what has made you want to be more vocal, especially on LinkedIn, which is a platform where it's like a little bit different than like the other platforms. Yeah, I actually love LinkedIn. It's my favorite social media um, because I think people really care. Mm. <laughs> like I find myself um, looking at what other people are doing and I'm really plugged into the network. But I started my career actually in a diversity and fellowship program in a large PR agency. Um, and being, you know, a Latina, although I'm white passing, I feel really, really passionate about diversity and mm. educating um, people, especially in the workplace on those sorts of issues. And one of the reasons why I'm so vocal on LinkedIn um, is because I think a lot of people in my network have the power to do good in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm. Um, and, you know, if people aren't, if people are afraid or embarrassed to talk about it or uncomfortable, that's usually why they don't bring up, you know, racism in the workplace, for example. Yeah. But in order to combat that, you know, we need to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Companies need to get uncomfortable and, admit that they have a problem mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and given you know most large companies are run by white men white men mm -hmm. they're well i don't want to speak for all of them but in many ways um a lot of them aren't equipped 
um, to kind of deal with these issues or don't Mm -hmm. even know how to dive in. So, and I think spreading awareness um, across your platforms as your brand is really important. So Mm -hmm. my brand on all of my social media, um, you know, I really talk about these issues because I care and I find that people really enjoy, you know, being educated about it. Yeah. Um, I got, I also post this type of stuff on my Instagram stories yeah. and people are really engaged, always wanting to discuss it. Nice. Um, yeah. And LinkedIn, most of my network is, is the private sector mm. and 70% of Americans are employed by the private sector. So I think, you know, we have so much power in this sector that we should harness this energy for good in a way. No, that's a great point. I didn't even, that stat, like 70% private sector. And you're right. Like if that sector is the one that presumably needs a lot of work, um, you, spreading awareness is like the first step. Having the conversation is a second step. And then actionable things that come from those conversations would be probably the last step. Um, easier mm-hmm. said than done. But I guess, you know, people like you taking these steps and, and actually doing something is, is actually really, really important. Especially as you mentioned, like you you know, you could go about your life, obviously, you know, empathetically, but you, you have the empathy and you are from that background, a diverse background, but you can go about your life, presumably like get through things and knowing, you know, not really have to do these things that you're possibly doing, but it's good that, you know, people like you were taking up that mantle. Um, a lot of people have been, that was, you know, one of the things I saw on social media, like a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, st- spoke out and I was really surprised because I hadn't seen that rush before, but um, yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that. And then, there's another one I think I wanted to follow up on that. Let's talk, let's dive in. We're just jumping all over the place with, with Amanda people. We're jumping all over the place. <laughs> We're going back to money lessons. I like to ask all guests a question just on things they've learned when it comes to personal finance, their money, maybe something they live by, um, something they've learned in the past, in the past, but anything around your personal finance that you maybe lessons you would like to impart on people. You've obviously, like you said, done a little bit better with that. What are things that you could possibly impart on others that may be listening? One of the money lessons I've learned is that um, you shouldn't be embarrassed to not know what you're doing. Mm, (laughs) I know when I first started working with you, you know, I kind of realized I had struggled with my finances and planning for some years outside out of college. And I pretty much hate finance, which is why I'm like, Delano is perfect to work with me on these finances. So I realized, you know, I don't, I don't know a ton. I want to work with an expert. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, investment advisors and financial advisors are not made for them. But I know in one of our first conversations, you said that, you know, not to be intimidated that you can you can put away as little or as much money as you want each month um and that really put my mind at ease and some of the things i've learned is there's n- there's no better feeling than being financially secure yeah you know i know a lot of times people have a ton of anxiety about their financial situation, especially during coronavirus, especially when so many people are unemployed. Mm. Um, And just like having some sort of coach or guide to help you through that is so helpful. Yeah, One of the best things I've done. Um, Yeah, because 
you know, spending money, a lot of it is behavior yeah, <laughs> and psychology. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's really hard for people. But save, save, save. Yes. I like to live fast and I kind of <laughs> had to stop doing that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I would say have a vision for where you want to be yeah. and always go back to that vision um, when you're when you're in a tough spot. And yeah. That, that's great. No, yeah, that was a really, really great um, lessons. Because one, you talked about don't be intimidated. I, I love that because I like to make sure that people, especially younger people our age or you know, you're a little bit younger than me, that we know what, don't we need to be intimidated. You can work with an expert. You can, mm-hmm. it, you mentioned it's habitual because you made a good point. People, probably if you looked up the, the, the rankings of the most stressors in life, I would say it's like money public speaking like death is actually lower than most people would think but yeah you're right money wow. is like, finances is like the one of the bigger stresses for people and there's such things that you can take steps in the right direction and things like you did that we did um you know together it, it's a really a big big point that people don't have to stress out about this you can start making the habits now even if they're small habits like people some people are you know smaller habits but they lead to bigger habits because everyone's gonna take when they take that first step it's going to get larger the ball starts rolling the momentum starts rolling and then you start you know really reaching bigger goals that's what people need to realize so i think that's great um that you mentioned that so really good points there and i wanted to ask a couple one last question that was really important what is like your five you're a young person you're obviously great man being a young person with so much potential you're super business savvy um you're doing a lot of different things what i guess what is the goal five ten fifteen twenty years uh, what do you see or what are you trying to aspire to to get to? There's a time capsule. You can put this in the time capsule. We'll, we'll watch it 15, 20 years from now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely want, um, you know, to have been investing for the next 10 years and have, you know, a lot of money saved up. I, I mean, I'm hoping to buy a condo in LA at some yes. point. Um, I hope that East Main becomes huge (laughs) yes yes and that we're successful with the music and um yeah i'd really love to be working in entertainment yes and kind of using my creative side and my business side it's kind of funny because i i was a business major and a graphic design major in college interesting okay and that's kind of like the perfect blend for me because i i love business and I actually considered business school for a long time but uh, I want to get into that more entertainment space yes no it makes 100% sense and I don't know you know more than me but the, well, I feel like one of the bigger parts of entertainment one of the big parts obviously Eastman has the talent but on the business side is like the networking like the being able to you know meet people shake hands have strong relationships, which you're really, really good at. You were in a sorority um, and really, really great at making these connections and staying connected with people, which is important as well. Um, okay, that's wonderful. Now, where can people find you, obviously, to talk about anything they'd like to discuss? Also, plug into East Main. Shout out to them. Um, you know, we got to keep their music on Spotify. They're available on Spotify. I was listening to the OG Kids, Smooth smooth Styles. But where can people find you guys and keep, uh, keep uh, tapped into what you're doing? Yeah, so, well, you can find me on Instagram. It is Rockwell15 with two L's in Rockwell. And I'm always posting on East Main. Their link is in my bio as well. Um, We're on Spotify, Apple Music, Mm. um, all major 
you know, streaming platforms and YouTube. I'm currently working on our website, so that will be live soon. Um, but I, I actually love talking to friends of friends and, you know, like you said, the network is everything. Um, and it really, really helps you in entertainment as well, because it's really about those personal relationships. Like, oh, my friend, you know, my friend does lighting for shows. Like, mm -hmm. let me link you up and they can do lighting for East Main or something mm -hmm. like that. And mm -hmm. that, yeah. So as the group, um, prior to obviously our pandemic, was the group touring? What's the plan for the group? And will they be out there doing some things as far as touring or, or you know, obviously you're putting out singles, so that's good and getting the traction there. Uh, live shows or any of that, maybe streaming shows or what's going on with that? Yeah, so in the pandemic, we have plans to do kind of a tiny desk um, concert mm. <laughs> over Instagram. Um, so you can look out for that. Otherwise, we haven't been booking shows. We're kind of getting all of the business side sorted out and um, really promoting the music right now. Yeah. But we'll just, you know, get bigger and bigger and my goal is to definitely start touring. Yes. Love it. Love it. Well, hey, I'm excited. I'm going to keep, you know, people have their ability to tap into. We're going to keep tapped in. Um, really, really appreciate you taking time to talk. Um, and obviously it's always great to talk to you. Um, and thank you. Thank you for spending time and answering some questions. Yeah. Thanks so much. Always lovely to talk to you and yeah, I'll come back anytime if you want me. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course.